Rob is overwhelmed with your energy. All right, here we go. Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Toasty, you better calm down because you're being too excited about this giant centipede episode. So I expect your energy to be way lower for the rest of this episode. You got it? Welcome, everybody. This is the Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. And I'm here with Toasty, who is way too excited and he's chill the F out. Toasty, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Toasty's doing all right. Toasty's Toasty's working on very little sleep. So we're, we're pushing through. We're, we're going to make it. Don't worry. But today we are talking about giant centipedes. We're doing another bestiary. Bestiaries are always so fun. And mm-hmm. um, Toasty, can I read the uh, journal entry at the beginning? I love these these journal entries. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, cool. All right. So journal entry, uh, journal be- bestiary entry. Giant centipedes are said to have been raised in the Broccolon forest, the broccoli forest, and released into the world by vengeful dryads. So, okay, I, I, I have questions immediately, but we're going to keep reading. The creatures are believed to be invincible as they simply divide into two separate living beings when cut in half. All this nonsense about giant centipedes only shows how intensely common people fear these venomous beasts as they fear all things that are not human. Um, released into the world by triads? This is like, is this not a conjunction of the spheres? The centipedes showed up or... Is this like the conjunction happens? This is just a, a superstitious belief by yeah. people is that they think that because so specifically the Brooklyn Forest is home to the dryads. Um and typically you don't enter it at all or don't even get near it because you'll just be shot down. Right. It's um, the location that we see in the first season of the Witcher show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh so um yeah, it's basically just super like dangerous place but of course the dryads are the dryads so they can kind of deal with all of like the monsters and things in there or there's not even really monsters just giant centipedes they're not that bad um, <laughs> they're not as bad as they sound they're not they're not as bad as some of the other things we see of course um but yeah but it's kind of like superstitious belief of like you know the dryads want to end like they people think the dryads want to like end all humans or, or like um, but mm-hmm. is this not exactly the case because they do in fact need humans to procreate at this point. So right. but well, I imagine we should do a whole, superstitious nonsense. Yeah, we so. should do a whole episode on them sometime in the future. So mm-hmm. uh giant centipedes are known as something else as well, one of our favorite words. Scolopendromorph. Scolopendromorphs. So, oh, I, I feel that. like I, I I'm next time word. I get mad at somebody like in a parking lot for like not putting their cart back. I'm going to call them a scolopendromorph. You think that'll work? You think they'll... I mean, uh, if they're not an entomologist, then they probably won't know what you're talking about. I'll be like, screw you too. I'll be like, cool, man. Put your cart back. All right. So (laughs) what else do we know about them? I just think that's funny because like, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put my cart back today. (laughs) (laughs) And I work at a grocery store. Um, (laughs) Uh, but sorry anyway yeah uh of course giant centipedes or scolopendromorphs are also known as gern the other speech uh, uh, y-g-h-e-r-n 
Yeah, one of those words. That that's, I think is, that's a word for when you sneeze. Quite possible. That's it's quite possible. That's the sound it makes. Um, so that's uh, in the elder speech. Yes, in the elder speech. Um, they are primarily found in the forest of Brokolon, though they can be found elsewhere. Um, they are about 12 feet in length with a dark brown chitinous armor. 12 feet. That's pretty that's big. big. That's a big boy. Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got alligators in Florida that are 12 feet long, and that's a reptile. I mean, and we're talking about like, being on the golf course where, like, sometimes you see alligators just walking across them. Yeah. Imagine it as a as a centipede instead. Right. I mean, that's a whole lot of big legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they are very dangerous and tend to wrap themselves around their victims before poisoning them. They relate. They are related to myriapodons. Yeah, a twelve-foot-long centipede absolutely could take down a man or a horse. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, seems pretty easy too. I mean, like, how do you fend off all those appendages from giving you the poisonous death hug? I don't know. You don't. <laughs> you don't. That's why everybody alone, fears them generally. so much, right? Um, while on their way to doing canal. Geralt and Brayen confront such a beast who is threatening what appears to be a halfling in the short story, The Sword of Destiny. The halfling ultimately turns out to be Siri. Oh, yeah. Little Siri. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And it takes yeah, it takes him, uh, his, like, witcher's skill with the sword and the uh, insane archery talent of a dryad in order to kill it. Like he can't even do it by himself. This this thing is so like it's a problem. I think his sword like bounces off of it, if I remember the story correctly, because it's that like the armor is that thick. Yeah, chitinous so, armor yeah. is what it, it's describing here. So, and that that would be all along the back of the mm-hmm. the creature. I mean, the, you know, it's an insect, so the the like the bones are on the outside. So it's, you're just hitting up against the bones. Yeah, was still like that's still pretty impressive, you know. Even for even for a twelve foot long bug, for yeah. the armor to be that because I mean, they're not very like they're still not very thick. Like even then, because they're more long mm. than they are uh, actually like sizable. So right. <clears throat> so these show up in two of the games: the first Witcher game and the third Witcher game. And like many of these, uh, the descriptions change or some of the details are a little bit different. So here, let's get let's get into the first Witcher game here. Can I can I read this one? Go so ahead. we've got uh, class insectoid. Makes sense, right? The mm-hmm. w- Where the occurrences are, giant centipedes are encountered in forests or on meadows in regions where they find many places to hide due to their simple nervous systems they see almost everything as a source of food. <laughs> so they just basically attack anything that they think, think they can eat. Basically, uh, which I mean, this is a lot of things smaller than 12 feet. So yeah, so yeah. anything that's a smaller than it is food. That's right. like, I mean, they're just raiding like farm animals and stuff at that point, you know? So, yeah. So uh, these are, I mean, this also clearly, lets us know that they are not just sized and look like giant bugs they think like giant bugs as well they just yeah they are just giant bugs um so immunity they're immune to blinding bleeding and knockback attempts resistant to stun attempts so they're pretty difficult it would make sense like you have that many legs 
you're not going to knock it back or stun it. Yeah. Stunning, it would be difficult. Um, or if it, I mean, or like the knockdown or whatever, like it's already to the ground. Yeah, you can't like knock it down. <laughs> whenever it just crawls along the ground with all of its little legs. Yeah, it's really so. stable. Um, susceptibility: it's sensitive to silver and insectoid oil. So two typical things: one for the silver for the monsters, and the other, <clears throat> excuse me, for the um, fact that they're insectoids. And then uh, the tactics that you would use, they are blind, but they sense tremors. In combat, they try to knock opponents down and poison them. Their acid venom causes pain. So they can't actually see. That's why the blind attack doesn't work. Mm -hmm. They just kind of can feel the movement in in the ground from the creatures around them, which also could explain why they just kind of attack everything because they don't know exactly what it is. They just feel it move and decide, ah, let's yeah, try to eat it. They don't totally see it. They just feel what it is. And so they just were like, okay, well, uh, that feels like food. Yeah. Um, yep. The alchemy in, uh, components include the trachea, venom glands, and toxin. Sometimes they also drop uh, chitinous carapace. And um, like I mentioned before, fields and forests, typically, where we find them. Then there's the Witcher 3 uh, bestiary. Among the fascinating flora and fauna of the Duchy of Toussaint, one also encounters creatures of the decidedly unpleasant sort, such as a giant, or such as giant centipedes. Not only do these beasts look hideous to the eye, they can do colossal damage to the flesh as well. I decidedly advise against them. And um, so this is from A Visit to Toussaint, um, one of many guides authored by Paterin Saffles. I think that's how you pronounce him. So this, uh, we don't come across these. We only come across these in that DLC in the Witcher 3. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, giant centipedes are only, uh, only in the blood and wine expansion of the Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Down in so. wonderful, like temperate Tucson. Yeah. Wonderful. The bugs like that. <laughs> yeah. Like warm areas. So yeah, that makes <clears throat> sense. That makes sense. All right. So what else do we know about the Witcher three? Uh, so getting into more of the, the details here uh, from the best theory, um, giant centipedes are enormous. In, in, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Words are hard. It took me one second to mess <laughs> up. It's great. Are enormous insect like monsters, which can be found uh, in many places in the world, but are particularly common in the lands uh, of Toussaint. They often, they, there they often dwell in close uh company with shale mars or a sort of monstrous symbiosis has developed between them giant centipedes feed on the small creatures which eat shale mar dung wonderful hard chitinous <laughs> armor covers nearly the entire body of a giant centipede sticking out from under this carapace are rows of hooked limbs giant centipedes are able to burrow into the ground with shocking speed only to then appear back on the surface in another place once they select a target, they will circuit, circle it determinedly, trying to get close enough to deliver a blow. They attack primarily with their powerful mandibles, but they also possess glands allowing them to spew acid. The greatest obstacle when fighting giant centipedes is their thick armor, which deflects most blows not only from weapons, but also from magical means, such as those dealt by simple spells or witcher signs. They have like some magic yeah. resistance, which is crazy. Yeah, you don't want them bouncing back your uh your um igni <laughs> at you, yeah. at your own face. Bad. Yeah. Uh 
When attacked with a weapon, they will often parry the strike, then quickly reply with their own forceful counter. Thus, the best method for fighting them is to catch them in an Erden trap, keeping them from protecting themselves with their armor or burrowing into the ground. So these are like slippery little guys, big, big little guys um, mm-hmm. burrowing into the ground. I, I'm, I'm thinking similar to things like uh, mole rats or uh, the rad scorpions in Fallout. Mm-hmm. They go down, they go somewhere Rad else, Scorp- pop back up. Very, yeah, I think very similar to rad scorpions because uh, those are, whew, especially the, with the Fallout 4 ones, those ones are rough. Yeah, yeah. There's, I definitely have been chased around entire maps by rad scorpions <laughs> that just will not leave me alone. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, still in the class insectoid, uh, they have the variations are pale widows, the specific. Uh, a specific giant centipede. Uh, current Toussaint, of course, susceptible to insectoid oil and the Erden sign. Um, That's a slightly different from the previous one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, clearly they're susceptible to silver as well. It's just mm-hmm. in Witcher 1, there's more of a choice of like, choose your weapon and then attack. Whereas in Witcher 3, he just pulls out the sword that he needs for the thing he's fighting, usually. Yeah, it's usually like... I think he like generally automatically just pulls out the sword for the situation, like silver for monsters, steel right. for you don't have to um, think about it. Humans. He just does it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a loot, uh, giant centipede discharge, giant centipede mandible, monster blood, monster carapace, both kinds, monster heart, monster stomach, monster tooth, acid extract, chitinous shell, and red mutagen. So by the Witcher 3, you become really good at just using the entire monster. Yeah. All the yeah, parts. Why not? Right. Why not? Use all the parts. Use all the parts. Um, so, so you were I, talking about using the Eardin trap, right? So mm-hmm. like th- this stated, basically, that's one of the best ways to deal with giant centipedes, is trap them with Eardin. Um, But what what else? What other combat tactics are there for this? Like what if it, uh, what if it, what, I mean, th- does that work every time? How, how does this work? Uh, so the Irden trap specifically uh, paralyzes them and uh, more importantly prevents them from burrowing, which is like the primary strategy that they employ. Um, and once, once you kind of throw it up and it has that moment of paralysis, you can land hits to the front of it. Uh, do not attack the back um, because of the armor they are. Uh, they generally don't take a lot of damage there. Um, although once it is hit several times, it will curl into a protective loop, uh, which you want to get out of the way of because uh, it you do little damage to it while it's in that form. It's like protecting itself with its armor in on itself, and then it will lash out in like a sweeping attack. So generally kind of like their counter strike that they use. Right. So, um, and then once it does that, it will burrow into the ground again. So um, relatively straightforward, you know, trap it with Erden, hit it a few times, get out of the way, rinse and repeat. Nice. All right. Um, so um, that's that's what we know about these in the stories and in the games. But like like all of these best year episodes, we've got the mythology, some of the uh, where the idea for this comes from coming up after the break. So don't go anywhere because that part, I think, is the most fun part of the whole show. <laughs> but we got to go thank our patrons. So we'll be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. 
All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being freaking awesome. And we get to welcome a new patron. Uh, we've got Neil Marcus K. I think that's it's Neil Marcus. I think is all a first name. It's uh, usually the dash is the last names, right? Uh, but Neil Marcus K. Welcome to the Patreon. And uh, thank you for joining us and for having an awesome name. And uh, a big shout out to all 18 of our current patrons, including our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria and Jared M. Thank you to you guys as well. And if you're interested in checking out what you can get for helping to support us on Patreon, then go to patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast. This includes T-shirts and all sorts of stuff. Ad free episodes joining us on future episodes of the show. All sorts of things so go check that out and we've got a brand new review this week toasty this one comes from Geralt of Rastrick there's a competing Geralt out there uh, who, who's from the UK mm. and um, they write perfect blend of serious lore talk and geek humor they like my jokes oh no more confirmation do the more often now yeah, thank you, Geralt of Rastrick. Uh, and, and that's just the title. The actual review says, Thank you from a listener in the UK. A great addition to my personal favorite fantasy world. Hmm. <laughs> We've got the Geralt hmm down. Um, so thank you so much, Geralt. And if you would like to leave us a rating and a review, five-star ratings with reviews on Apple Podcasts, will be read out on future episodes of the show. Also, you can rate us on Spotify as well. And thank you to everybody who helps support the show, either through that means or sharing with your friends or your family or whoever else you might think is into The Witcher. Plus, we've got the big, the big next gen update for The Witcher 3 coming. Like we're recording this on the 12th. This is Monday, the 12th. When we record this, this episode goes up usually on Wednesday for everybody on Tuesday for our patrons. So if you are listening to this episode, then that is up and it's available for everybody. So go update your your Witcher game if you have a new console or if you've got a PC or whatever and you want to get the, the improvements because uh, that sounds like a lot of fun and probably a good reason to jump back into The Witcher 3. Also, thank you to... Um, man, we got LibMaze in chat gifting a bunch of uh, subs. Thank you for that as well. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's on you now. Right, yeah. Toasty, so I see in the show notes here that you write mythology or science. Usually that's not the case with these monsters. Usually it's not, but there is documented uh, evidence of what is essentially a giant centipede from way back when yeah i mean we know of lots of giant monsters that lived thousands of years ago or longer millions of years ago in some cases um that's really cool okay so tell me about this all right so the arthropleura uh meaning jointed ribs was a giant centipede like arthropod arthropod from the carboniferous period 320 to 900 or to 299 million years ago mm -hmm. and was the largest known land arthropod ever so we're going back to the like back then millions of hundreds of millions of years ago uh giant insects basically ruled everything <laughs> this was the yeah. this was the age of giant insects uh Despite its relationship to centipedes, it was actually omnivorous or possibly even herb herbivorous, but could still have a very venomous bite to protect itself from the, a few large pre predators that lived in the Carboniferous. 
so man i'm struggling with words today jeez yeah. <laughs> you gotta get more sleep dude um so yeah so it's it was a plant eater or maybe an everything eater uh but the assumption here is that the venom in its bite which matches the monster in the games or the books mm-hmm. or the, or whatever uh was primarily to protect itself it wasn't primarily a a feature that it used to hunt down prey yep so um so the arthropleura was a giant millipede uh it grew 2.5 meters or 8.2 feet in length so still not as big as the witcher giant centipedes but it's still pretty big mm-hmm. um which is as long as a car and was covered in hard armored plating uh on december 20th 2021 the largest arthropleura fossil was as big as a car like 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 just in like length and width like big as a car massive things um it was found in the beach of northern england uh arthropleura was able to grow larger than modern arthropods partly because of the greater partial pressure of oxygen in earth's atmosphere at that time and partly because of the lack of large terrestrial vertebrate predators right so nothing was hunting it and like if you go back in in the history of the world the amount of uh i don't know the the composition of the atmosphere changes and in that part it was a lot there was a lot more oxygen i think what is it like 10 percent or something like that oxygen right now it's 12 percent, something like that right um but yeah with lots more oxygen that means that these things like insects breathe through their skin they don't mm-hmm. have lungs like we do. So the larger the body mass, the larger the area of the skin of the creature, the more oxygen it could consume in order to power it, basically, so which meant that these things grew really large. That's my that's my novice understanding of why this works. Um, but what that means is you get things like car sized bugs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> glad that that's not the case today. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, I mean, we would hunt them down. Like if if we somehow co-evolved with these things uh, at the same time in history, you, you know, you know, human beings would be hunting those things down and then eating their meat. Like, absolutely. That's true. Right. That's true. Yeah. But just like I mean, just like imagine because what does it go to? Guns try shooting this thing, and maybe it wouldn't even happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd find ways. Like, we'd oh. find ways to trap them and then kill them and yeah you know, they like, aren't they aren't very intelligent at all so right right um so uh already stated it was uh most likely an omnivore or a herbivore um despite being a giant terrifying bug um <laughs> uh it became extinct when the moist climate began drying out as the carboniferous period ended mm-hmm. so yeah, we were thriving in in wetter environments warmer so, wetter but, environments like bugs like so yeah. that makes sense um so now now uh, there's not just a scientific basis for this there's a mythological foundation as well uh, so i i did yeah there was a there's a lot of uh a lot of examples of centipedes and various forms of mythology um much like you know other ones um, but it thought it was very interesting because they all have like very different meanings depending. Uh, but the most prominent one that I was able to find was the Omukata, um, which specifically there is a, uh, species of centipede in Japan called a Mukata, which is like just a standard centipede. It's just fairly large for centipedes still. Um, but they had the Omukata, which is a 
mythological variant of massive proportion. Um, uh, so it had, they had dark bodies, bright orange legs, and heads. They were often depicted with dragon-like features, which... Oh gosh, terrifying yeah. dragon centipedes. Well, um, and, and and we're talking Japan, so we're talking like uh, Eastern dragons, which tend to be more long and snake-like. So yeah. something long and uh, centipede-like being a dragon is a really interesting combination. Yeah. Uh, while their non-monstrous cousins can grow up to twenty centimeters in length, so the the mukata uh, hey, centipede little, little guys. Yeah, the upper size limit on yokai mukata. Uh, is not known <laughs> so like in the lore like the mythology there's no like uh, these get to about this size it's like yeah, yeah they can they can be as big as we want them to be in the stories yeah basically but they do have examples of them um in some things uh like their smaller relatives omukata are vicious and highly aggressive the bite of a regular mukata is venomous and very painful but rarely fatal omukata on the other hand are much more venomous and very strong they have even been known to torment dragons. So these are like, like, <laughs> this is like Godzilla versus like the Omukata, right? Like this is yeah. like, like if you got a dragon and then you got like a big old centipede bug monster. Uh, and it's a bit, uh, it, I mean, luckily for the, the dragon, they probably would have had a, a at least a, better chance maybe although um this is one of the weirdest weaknesses i've ever heard of for a large creature okay uh, so the omukata's exoskeleton is so tough that it can't be pierced by weapons mm -hmm. however mm -hmm. they have one weakness which is human saliva weird which is toxic to them <laughs> we're and so if you coat your weapon in saliva it becomes able to pierce through the armor <laughs> That's so weird. So you just got to spit all over your weapon before you. Ugh, yeah. Or lick yeah. it. Like, I guess so. What? Here we um, go. There is a, there is a, an example of, uh, of a story that I saw essentially of um, a man who, or basically there was a village uh, and they became troubled when a dragon landed on their like the bridge of their village and mm -hmm. would just wouldn't go away so this man went to go talk to the dragon to figure out what was up and apparently his lair had been taken over by an omukata uh who had scared him off and so the hunter went up the mountain uh to fight him um and it was it was a centipede so big that it wrapped around the 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 tip of the mountain four times over um and <laughs> he basically shot every arrow he had at it until he got to his last one none of the arrows did anything so he just spit on his his last arrow and <laughs> shot it and killed it <laughs> it's like all right then cool cool man that's it now we're talking way bigger than a car now these these things yeah, are like definitely way bigger they're like wrapping over mountains this is yeah ridiculous. This, right oh my god we're, yeah uh, we're talking godzilla sized monsters at this point yeah uh so while they are extremely rare when they are seen they pose a threat to all the area uh Throughout history, the responsibility of exterminating these, exterminating these monsters has fallen on the shoulders of brave warriors. Kind, so, kind of like dragons or other things like that in mythology. Yeah. Where it's, um, yeah. But I did find several other um, examples of them in different uh, different 
types of mythologies here. So in Native American symbolism, Uh um, they were considered uh, born. Centipedes were born from the blood of primordial monsters who once ruled the earth and were considered or associated with evil ancient power and the underworld. Nice. Uh, But also while the, uh, yeah. So like in the Zuni population, this is specifically like the Navajo um, considered them like born from primordial monsters. This is metal. This is used them freaking metal. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Zuni used them to depict uh, like use them in art that depicted the underworld as well. So um, with, you know, native American culture, I guess that um, makes sense with the, these creatures are burrowing ground based creatures. So a representation where they burrow underground, they get into the underworld or they come from the underworld back up to the surface. That would make sense in some way. As we talk about in many of these episodes, sometimes the mythology has like a thing where you can go, yeah, I guess I can see why that would make sense. And then sometimes it just doesn't. And like, it's a cultural thing that we are just not aware of anymore. Yeah. Um, in a particular Zuni folktale, um, two brothers stole the lightning shaft and the thunderstone from the gods of rain and they were helped by their grandfather the centipede who was a like (laughs) giant centipede Um, when the gods discovered the theft they made the centipede hold the lightning shaft until he burned into a much smaller form giving us the standard size centipedes that we see today ah yes my grandfather um, the centipede yeah classic classic story they're associated with of course you know like terrifying in the underworld but they're also associated with uh wisdom longevity and foresight um Hmm. you know kind of makes sense with you associated with the underworld and the longevity of just like not dying yeah um yeah well with with dark sad things comes wisdom sometimes yeah um so in eastern symbol eh, eastern symbolism um they are associated with uh with medicine okay because they have they have uh medical significance and use uh, have the ability or are thought to have the ability to treat convulsions and seizures huh and it's like it doesn't specify exactly how so i'm like does it like does it bite you and like you right. stop seizing the venom deal with like the pain of the venom right like they they thought it was like a medical component or something they thought there was some use to it like the venom um, specifically yeah it, it was also said to uh represent um the liver function to clear toxins from the body as well hmm. Hmm. Uh, don't know don't know yeah. how that makes any sense um not very depicted in christian symbolism but whenever it is it's generally associated with like hell and purgatory and death and witchcraft so creepy crawly you know, burrow in creepy the ground crawly it's yeah. obviously evil and witchcraft right as <laughs> right um right uh in celtic symbolism it is commonly associated with the banshee who is considered a harbinger of death so when the banshee would arrive her arrival would be pre uh like pre-announced by the presence of spiders and centipedes uh so mm-hmm. associated with like death more death essentially very yeah. common almost death. like the presence of the thing or the evil of the thing brings out the creepy crawlies from the ground around it like we see this in movies and stuff where like some like 
I feel like we've even seen this kind of thing in The Witcher. Have we seen it in The Witcher? Where like something creepy's happening and so all the bugs start crawling around. You get a, you get like a camera view of like bugs coming out of the ground or like that's it's it's typical for horror type especially like trying to think magical stark spooky stuff. I don't know that we got a scene like that specifically, but it feels like something we would see. Like, oh, the evil forces are, you know, the, ah, they're charging up their power and all the creepy crawlies coming out of the ground. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so then moving on, we have African symbolism, um, which uh, apparently uh, the giant African millipede is actually uh, kept as a pet. Nice. Uh, fairly often. Um, they, of course, uh feeding on like rotten things and vegetation or whatever. Um, so they're a bit, they, they kind of see them a bit as more of like cleansing than, uh, than like death associated. Mm-hmm. Um, My wife has a compost pile in the backyard and there's a bunch of worms in there and she feeds them like, like when the bananas get old, nobody wants to eat them anymore. They just eat, be careful. You might, you, eat all you that might want a zoigel bite might make a home in there. We'll <laughs> be careful. Maybe we should get be a centipede careful. for it as well. Yeah, maybe. Um, and there's actually a, a funny story with with African uh, the African mythology of the centipede is that basically it was created to tell people that they would never die. Basically, it was considered the message of immortality to the people. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it traveled to come tell the people this, it stopped too frequently to eat because it was hungry. And so... Um, when they saw that it was taking its time to tell the people, they created the chameleon to then go tell humanity that they would have immortality. Because the chameleon's less hungry? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, sure. Um, and so, um, essentially, the millipede is the uh, the meant-to-be messenger of immortality that never got there on time. It's just kind of a cute little story. Good job, Melvin. But uh, Mm. even even then is still considered uh, a symbol of longevity and good luck. And then uh, with Egyptian mythology, they were actually revered because they fed on the insects that fed on their dead. And they didn't like the insects that fed on their dead. Mm. So they 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 liked them to keep them around to keep their dead, uh, I guess. Insect free. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. I don't know how often I would check my dead to see if they're being eaten by insects, but that, that what that does is it makes me assume that their uh, process for burial and disposal of their dead was different than our own currently that maybe the, they left the bodies out longer or, you know, like, heck, even, even a hundred years ago, the reason why you would have a parlor instead of a living room is because you would put your dead relatives on display for a week and let the neighbors come by and, pay their respects like that's super weird today <laughs> like we don't do that anymore you know but can you imagine grandpa like hanging out in your front room of your house for a week i bet that didn't smell very good and it probably brought bugs <clears throat> probably yeah um the egyptians also had a centipede god called sepa mm-hmm. um who's considered the centipede of horus um who was associated with um well it, he was it was thought that he could prevent venom from snakes and he was also associated with fertility although i believe Mm. that like 
90% of the Egyptian gods are associated with fertility. So <laughs> it um, seems like a common thing. Yeah. I believe, yeah, I, 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 this, this probably like an exaggeration, but there's like a good chunk of Egyptian gods are associated with fertility for diff- for different reasons. So um, I don't, I don't want to know the reasons why the centipede is associated with fertility. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, they were constantly worried about the Nile not bringing enough uh, nutrients and water for their fields because everything was tied to the river. And if they had yeah, a dry season, then they would they would go hungry. So it makes sense why that culture in particular would have been so focused on fertility. Um, but centipedes connected to that. I don't know. Maybe the centipedes come out more when the crops are doing well. I guess I don't know. feasting on like compost and stuff, which is actually helpful for like cycling through on more crops and stuff. Cause you can use like compost to help with that. Right. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So well, man, this is it's lots of, lots of cool stuff. Lots of connections and things. I do like the giant, uh, Amukade, uh, in, mm-hmm. in Japan. That seems pretty, pretty freaking cool. I, I don't know how you would fight. I guess you lick, you spit on your, weapon you spit on your arrow and shoot that's it that's crazy that's Easy. crazy that's that is a big that is a big bug well Tosi, this has been fun um you excited for the witcher 3 update yes are you gonna be playing I, that again i think so i think so time to jump back um, in time to play some to check it out and let people know about it because I've only I've like looked at like brief little updates. I don't think they haven't like told us everything about it yet. Right. And I don't think they're going to tell us everything. Yeah. They're going to keep some things a secret. Yeah. But it looks like they're adding like, um, like this looks like uh, again, it's kind of like a a fuzzy concept because like they, they title stuff DLC and it's normally like, you know, it's like a cosmetic thing or something or whatever. Right. But it looks like they're adding like, it says they've added like like 20 something like or 16 or like something like dlc content things and then they have like it looks like they have like added quests on there or mm-hmm. something yeah. so we'll have to like check those out and see like yeah just they've how got much some actually added here we've got some new side quests and knowing them they've changed the little things in little places in the world so if you you just happen to notice like there's going to be some easter eggs and stuff in the game so uh, that'd be cool to try to discover some of that stuff again. Um, all right, dude, you got anything else going on before we head out? You want to share? Um, usual follow us at the Witcher Lorecast on Twitter. Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast that I do with Genesis. Um, and uh, yeah, we just got like the the new uh, the new trailer for Phantom Liberty the other day, mm-hmm. like on Thursday, and. We got we got Idris Elba in it now. Yeah. So yeah. that that's gonna be fun to talk about. Um and then uh check out the Cyberpunk Red actual play Cyberpunk Cyberpunk Apostrophe D that I do with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. And all of my shows. I you, you can check those out. <laughs> I've got lots of lore casts. Uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls and um uh, the Lord of the Rings and mass effect and then this show and then starfield as we get more and more news about starfield the starfield broadcast all of our shows are all at robotsradio.net so if you're just looking for other content to check out head over there you'll find all sorts of different stuff by us and other creators as well um thank you for tuning in everybody and for uh, we're doing a little bit early earlier today so that toasty can go take a nap so thanks for <laughs> thanks for being here and uh that's gonna do it we'll be back next week same time well maybe not same time same day 
maybe a different time. We'll find out. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Oh, and don't, stay safe on the don't path. forget to stay safe <laughs> on the path. All right. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.